0: A heads up that this episode delves into some difficult subjects, including self-harm and trauma. If these are sensitive subjects for you, please keep that in mind before you listen. Hello, hello. I'm Audrey Peck, your host of Asian Women for Health's podcast, From Resilience to Radiance. Each month, we amplify the voices of Asian women and their health journeys as a source of insight, inspiration, and empowerment of ourselves and others. We're continuing our focus on mental health today with our special guest, Sandra Kim, who is a mental health clinician and founder of a telehealth-based wellness and life coaching service called Talk Therapy Tubingen. Her other passionate pursuit is as a motivational group fitness instructor. In practice and in spirit, she is the consummate advocate of healthy living, promoting a whole health approach to wellness. And for Sandra, that includes a love of art and music and family, of course, as a loving wife and mother of an adorable five-year-old. Joining us from the sunny side of LA, calling on my Korean sister friend. Hey, Sandra. (laughs) Hi, Audrey. That was a very wonderful introduction. (laughs) I'm glad. So delighted to connect with you. We do miss your energy out here. Um, Just for the benefit of our listeners, um, you and I met through Asian Women for Health and through our work on the Asian American Mental Health Forum. Is that right? And oh, I do remember uh, when you hosted a Zumba fundraiser for Asian Women for Health. It was an absolute blast. And I also distinctly recall your sneakers with LED lights. (laughs) They were lit, literally. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that
1: was good times. Pre-COVID.
0: Yes. And uh, of course, pre-COVID. But you recently moved back to L.A. during the pandemic, I might add. So um, how's your journey (laughs) back home? It's been
1: Of course, with its challenges. And I moved back home to be, excuse me, with my father and mother who are in their 80s. And I think that's always a big choice to make when you're um, torn between continents or states. And I wanted to spend good time. I think what the pandemic taught me, and it taught a lot of us about how important family and relationships are, because it it was taken away from us. So yeah, we drove in our little 2006 Camry across America and the sun, it's amazing. It does wonders. As now in my later life, I realize how important sun, vitamin D is, and good weather. Although I am dying for snow, I know we're in spring and Boston has had their snow already. Maybe there'll be another snowstorm. But yeah, transition has been with its challenges. As we all know, transition always has challenges. And my my golden number is always two years before you start to feel comfortable. Mm It's a transition in a relationship, transition to a new city, transition to a new place. So good and challenging, but the sun is great. The Asian food out here, everybody knows about the food. Sometimes better than actual Korea and actual like Beijing, the food out here.
0: Well, I, oh yeah, I bet. Uh, I'm a little jelly when it comes to Korean food. <laughs> uh, so tell us about your new gig, uh, Talk Therapy Tubingen. Uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but isn't that the name of a city? It is, so it's a small city in
1: next to Stuttgart in uh-huh. Germany. It's about 20 minutes by car, one hour by train. And I moved there after getting married in Boston in 2014 and I had just graduated with a degree in mental health uh, counseling mm-hmm. as well as pastoral counseling. And I tried to get a job out there as an English speaking therapist, but none of the the Schwabian out there, uh, they, they all said that they were, they were okay. So I started my own business talk therapy tubing in and it really was helpful for the international students who who would try to go to German therapists, but still there was that cultural difference and barrier. And also the the English part, their English was not as obviously not being born in the US. So I got a lot of uh, traffic from international students all over the world. Some of which I still see five, six, wait, what are we, 2022.
0: 2022.
1: So how many years is that? Seven years later. And yeah, I, I identified myself as a life coach and Mm -hmm. a as well as a counselor focusing on international students as well as the expat community because I myself um, was an expat Mm -hmm. and yeah this town is a very small town it's a university town University of Tubingen is a very well-renowned university in both music and Korean studies actually and religion
0: That's awesome. Um, And, you know, I imagine it's always tough to adapt to different cultures and especially during COVID that just compounds struggles that we all
1: face. Yeah, I was the only English-speaking counselor at the time. But then I found another group, a, a group of English-speaking counselors in Stuttgart, which is actually the if you're if you're living abroad in Germany, in the southern part of Germany, that's, excuse me, the Stuttgart area. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a really great resource, English-speaking counselors. There's about ten of us there. My practice actually, I I made it an LLC back in 2019, mm-hmm. right before COVID, and I had been working for mental health communities, mental health centers in Haverhill and also at UMass Lowell, mm-hmm. but because of the pandemic, I lost my job. And so I started this and it's, it's been a journey in itself, but it's really great being in your own private practice for, for the obvious reasons that you create your own schedule.
0: Yes, I'm sure. And uh, that's an entrepreneurial approach to mental health. And it's very fortuitous too, um, given the benefits of uh, telehealth, virtual counseling um, amid a lot of isolation. Yes, Given your own understanding of cross-cultural challenges, how has that informed or influenced your views on existing health disparities here? Are some of the challenges the same or different?
1: Absolutely. I definitely globally, there are very similar health challenges, Mm -hmm. mental health challenges, particularly because of my Asian face. I get a lot of people who are of Asian descent,
0: whether South Asian, Southeast Asian, Mm -hmm. East Asian. And so I, having grown up in a
1: multicultural background of being both American and Korean and now with a German husband,
0: mm-hmm.
1: for sure, we we share so many of the similarities of trying to please our parents, trying to ac- accommodate and not rock the boat. So the therapy that I often give to Asian people of Asian descent in the US are, is often very similar to those globally. Mm. and. For, for whatever reason, I think students tend to be ambitious themselves, especially international students. And they struggle as well with self-worth. Is Do I have a place in this uh, path that I'm going into? Which on a grander sense leads to a lot of imposter syndrome that goes on. So I, I do find that there is more similarities mm. Of course, the clients have to have a pretty good handle of English. And unfortunately that's, that could be a barrier for those right. who speak for, their first language is a different language. Right. I think when working with mental health, it's important to speak in your native tongue because you're dealing with pretty intense issues that may be
0: yeah.
1: uh, expressed differently in different cultures. Absolutely. That might be, a, that might be actually a discrepancy uh, different uh, mental health conditions or the way we present it might be different compared to you know each of your family background and your culture. Yeah, when you say certain things, it might actually mean something else. Actually, t- last night I met up with my Japanese American friend and he said you're feisty, and I thought feisty. And he said, yeah, you have a lot of energy. Whenever we went on the dance floor in college, mm-hmm. you were the one going until the end of the night. And I thought that's not feisty; that's just energetic. Mm-hmm. But he in his cultural context, whatever it is, right. I see is just having a lot of energy.
0: Right. Well, things are also lost in translation. Your level of cultural understanding, having lived abroad as well, um, is an asset to your clients. I hope
1: so. I think there's this level of humbleness that a lot of us Asians try to practice. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I, I know a lot of people do approach me because my website says I've lived in Kenya, I've lived in China, Korea, mm-hmm. France, Germany, etc. But I also want to always consider myself a learner and not the expert. Mm-hmm. I think when we put that word expert, that imposter syndrome might set, start to set in, oh, I have to be the expert at this. So I'll never be, you know, I'm not there yet. So yes. I'm feeling bad about myself, but yes. yeah, I hope so. And I think as a therapist, you always have to come in with non-judgment, non-criticism, mm-hmm. open mind. And that's, you know, in today's world, we are often relational in our, uh, in our conversations, in our sessions, mm-hmm. unless you are looking for psychoanalytic or uh, more traditional psych, you know, psychodynamics. At what point did you decide to pursue a career as a mental health professional? Uh, a cousin of mine, as well as an aunt of mine, both took their life while living. I was in Boston that night. She said she was going to go see me, but instead she took her life. And so I've, I felt that weight that my aunt was in Oregon at the time and had struggled with suicide ideation. And I would say it finally took her. However, I think she it, she was struggling. She had mm-hmm. attempted several, several times before as well as my cousin. So I think that weight of her death um, just shook me to a core because she had told her roommate, I'm going to see my cousin, Sandra. She was a Wellesley grad, a Fulbright scholar, going to Harvard after graduating Wellesley and just had such a future ahead of her. I want to do something to help the student population and also Asian women. Fast forward, to now I one of my goals is to create a wellness center that focus focuses for women of color that has like massage meditation room yoga room mm-hmm. because I do teach group fitness yes, as well as a baking <laughs> a baking your, a cafe with book exchange as well as kickboxing classes that's sort of my goal by the time mm-hmm. I'm 50 which is very soon oh that sounds like an awesome dream <laughs> yeah, and you know, a location in Germany and maybe in Korea and in the U.S. That would be wonderful.
0: Think big, think big. Well, I mean, I uh, so appreciate um, your vulnerability, um, and you know, losing a a family member um, is is always hard, and it is, and in this case, it's you know, with your cousins, heartbreaking. Yet. Um, It was a pivotal moment for you. And, you know, for what it's worth, I'm just grateful for your resilience um, and the path that has led you to to serve and help others with their struggles. Would you be willing to share a bit more about what helped you with your grieving and healing process?
1: If you have a friend or partner or someone you're connected to who's struggling right now. Mm-hmm. I became a therapist because I believe in talking it out mm-hmm. and in the talking, there becomes a connection and in the connection there's becomes healing. And I do feel that you have to continually talk about it. And it's so interesting. I'm noticing how I'm feeling, which is a lot of what therapists do. And as I was telling the story of my cousin, I felt almost there was distance. And perhaps because we're talking about this in a formal sense, but before, when I had talked about it, there were tears. Mm -hmm. and Difficulty processing someone's life that I could have helped. Mm -hmm. But now it's, I I, I guess talking about in a professional way, I'm a little bit distant from it, maybe disassociating a little bit Mm -hmm. and that's okay but I do believe in talking it out with someone that you have built a trusted relationship with. And how do you do that in these times, especially because we're all in terms of reacclimating into society, who knows how long this, you know, mask optional world uh, will last, but all a little awkward. Yes. I do agree with that. But you have to find universality in Mm -hmm. how we're all feeling awkward and just take a step out of your own head Mm
0: -hmm. and know
1: that this person would also want an authentic, genuine relationship. So we're in a way it's a quote. A lot of people at the end of their life say, all of us are just trying to make it. Mm -hmm. So give one another grace, give yourself grace. But I Mm -hmm. think talking it out, that's why I believe in therapy in a safe, Mm -hmm. brave, trusted environment is the way to process your grief and finding a community like Asian Women for Health or church or your swing dance group or mm-hmm. your ballroom dance group mm-hmm. that you can just be in and connect with others. And statistics show when uh, when you are connected in a group, that's when you live a happier, longer life. And it doesn't mean you need to be best friends. The number one way of living a longer, happier life it's not about health, it's not about, I mean physical health, it's not about your relationship with your parents, it's about connection. Mm-hmm. So yeah see the top cities in the world with the longest uh centennials, like the people who live over, mm-hmm. Ardara, yeah. like Japan, there's a place in California, uh Singapore. Of course, money is involved too, but
0: no, and Baltics, I think. <laughs> Baltics, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, we're all interconnected as human beings our human experience can be isolating, but I think innately we're all meant to connect um, with one person, a community, a group, you know, whatever uh, works, you know, to bring um, authenticity and and real connections with with one another, so. um, Yes, and
1: I think A lot of people self-isolate because of one comment someone else made Mm -hmm. and they felt judged or criticized. Mm -hmm. Someone that I'm talking to is rediscovering church and after 10 so years Mm -hmm. and she is finding that she can't now connect to her non-Christian friends because Mm -hmm. one of them had said, Oh, people who go to church, they're crazy, especially the ones like in Korean churches who go four times a week. And because of that one comment, Mm -hmm. she's already feeling less vulnerable with her, less connected. So connectedness is what we all need. But so many of us feel, no, I'm not going to speak up, particularly in the Asian culture. And there are many other cultures who do that I don't. I'm just going to filter that out Yeah. With it. I find the closer you are to someone, the harder it is to bring up a comment they made or behavior that they did to you that was hurtful.
0: Right. I mean, we all have individual roles to play, to be more open and inviting for people to share. I mean, I know trust varies based on the relationship, but isn't there something to be said to extend an invitation to listen? or to support. That's huge. I, think.
1: I, I once worked with a severely depressed, someone who suffers from severe depression, major depression. And the only time she felt better was when she extended a helping hand. That's the only time she felt better, mm. which is why I believe in volunteerism. But yes. you're saying in the context of put aside for a second mm-hmm. and reaching out to someone. And actually that's, I, I often send this list of how to make a quick friend, how to make a good friend or how to, when you're in a party and you're meeting new people, what's, you know, what are some tips on how to connect to people? And one of them is put your ego aside for a second. Right. And just listen. I think the problem is these days is that people are struggling so much. They they don't have enough energy yes. to extend a helping hand.
0: Yes. It's their capacity limit. <laughs> I feel that yes. way. At yes. too. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. But it really is... So easy. Even just scroll down your list of contacts and say, like, I'm going to check in with this person randomly. Hey, how are you doing? It can actually change the right. trajectory. Right. Don't know if they're struggling with their life. Right. <laughs> Having suicide ideation. It's like a
0: wellness so check. So valuable. <laughs> you know, we all need it. Yeah. Spontaneous, but proactive, you know? as opposed to being reactive, I think. But that is tough too, again, with not saying it's impossible
1: with, particularly with women of Asian descent, because Mm -hmm. we are so much about helping the other, helping the other,
0: helping That's sort of of
1: what we're taught. If you see any like heterogeneous married couple or committed couple, it's always the the female cleans, cooks, take care of the kids' (laughs) medical appointments, um, buys the husband new underwear and socks. And, <laughs> and it's taking the mental load, so that that is it, it gets a little bit multi layered and nuanced. Yeah. So oftentimes I say, you know, with with my clients, you need to draw boundaries, so you keep some of the reserves for yourself, self preservation. Yes, you're right. It is, it could be life or death when you just reach out to someone, put your ego aside, and say, "Hey, how are you?" Text, Facebook right. message, Instagram.
0: Right, right. And I think with all of this, a level of self-awareness helps to just dig a little deeper. You've mentioned a lot already, you know, the imposter syndrome, very present in Asian American culture. But when it comes to Asian American women specifically, what do you see as like the main barriers to Asian women accessing mental health care? I think we believe the lies we tell ourselves i had been
1: seeing a client who both of them are beautiful attractive in the right in sort of the societal way and everyone said you two are the perfect couple you look perfect your marriage must be perfect they believe that too but what Mm -hmm. was happening underneath it all was Mm -hmm. rape every night and Um, you're ugly. And there was so much more. And so when this person came to me, she said, I don't need therapy. I'm fine. And she shut her video off. So it, it took her best friend to find me and to sit with her as she was talking to me. So the first session didn't go really well. And she, she walked away the second session a little bit longer. So she she believed her own lie that she was doing okay, especially because everyone else perceived her Mm -hmm. to be okay. So the self-awareness piece that you mentioned is huge. And I think we want to believe our lies because who wants to be on medication? Who wants to say that they're struggling? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Oh, no, no, don't show weakness. This forward-facing society with Asian American women Everything is great. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: and, and that's the exact reason why I didn't know my cousin was struggling. Mm. Everything's great. Cousin, I just played at Carnegie Hall. I just graduated top of my class at Wellesley. Everything's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. So I think that's there's danger in that. And but I, I see hope not to be so dismal. Mm-hmm. This new up uh, Gen Z and beyond culture the Japanese tennis player. Yes. We're getting her name. She Naomi. About, Naomi, she talks about mental health very openly. Mm-hmm. And um, Simone Biles,
0: another yes. women of color. A lot of athletes, a lot of professional athletes. And I think having those uh, highly visible media figures helps move the needle. If they are struggling, then, you know, they're just like me
1: <laughs> that's huge in therapy to discover the universality of how we all have imposter syndrome right so what makes you the only one struggling with this right we all go into any ted talk youtube podcast we all even the highest person up there bill gates um elon musk struggle with those kinds of thoughts. We all struggle. There is a connect- connected piece with the imposter syndrome. It's also about belonging to Do you feel like you belong? Especially if you're the only Asian there in whatever group you're in, Asian women.
0: All important points. So I guess, you know, the takeaway is, is really to look at cultural factors and just social factors that can influence our own individual, but also collective beliefs to reflect on your own experience and your own value and worth and live a more healthy lifestyle and have that just level of self-awareness that is so key to everything.
1: And and with self-worth, if I might add, if your self-worth is struggling and you don't have a strong sense of yourself, borrow other people's views of you just borrow it until you start to feel better. We're all beautifully and wonderfully created yeah, for a reason. Yeah. So I just say borrow someone else's. Mm-hmm. Do a litmus test and ask your good friend or your family, like, how do you view me?
0: Right, people who know you and who you trust, whose opinions you trust too. Yeah. All right, um, that's all very helpful. When it comes to mental, I like to call it mental health fitness. What keeps you resilient? water, (laughs) trying to get good sleep, being reflective,
1: even talking slower and taking a dramatic pause.
0: Yeah, I think just um, grounding in presence, right? Huge, yes. I mean, are there tools that are readily accessible that you have found helpful to others in terms of quieting the mind and increasing presence?
1: There is something called the Buddhist Countdown. I don't even know if it's Buddhist-based, but a friend of mine who practiced Buddhism taught it to me. I was really angry at a Boston cab driver one day (laughs) about 20 years ago, and he said, okay, Sandra, you're going to count to 10 backwards. Count 10 backwards. And by the time you get to the five and below, slow it down. So Mm it goes 10, 9, 8, 7, Six, five, four, three, two, one. Then you sort of feel that after effect. If you are intentionally trying to calm your brain down that took like 20 seconds another one is to have a timer on your phone on a clock i have all these clocks here and just try to challenge yourself get yourself out of whatever thought you're having rumination perseverating thoughts and look at the timer and for one minute as it i have a cat clock here (laughs) one minute as it goes Uh you're going to take three big breaths sounds impossible but what the breath is you breathe through your nose and you breathe out into a straw however your lung capacity is and you do that three times isn't that like triangle that's triangle breathing similar but this is again yeah focusing on something else inside of your head yes and i do
0: like shakeouts too Uh uh-huh I just dance in my kitchen to my favorite. Dancing is wonderful to your favorite song. <laughs> Great, practical, helpful tips. <laughs> so, um, wow, we're already uh, we're already up on our time. So, before we wrap up, though, Sandra, I like to—I usually like to do a quick rapid-fire round. So, just some fun questions. If you could learn any language in a week, which would it be? Korean. Your favorite word? Facetious oh good one um name a binge worthy show or series i don't watch tv i just watch cats a lot of kittens and cats oh okay with like on instagram tiktok like i binge on
1: board panda and these like the dodo that's it the dodo it's not a show but
0: they just show animals and kittens and silly cat videos oh silly cat videos okay This one's for you, your favorite Zumba dance. It has to be Get Out of Your Mind
1: or Mic Drop by BTS. (laughs) It's all hip hop.
0: All hip hop, cool. And what's one thing about today that you're extremely grateful for?
1: My Korean sister, it's so wonderful to connect with you. Oh, who, me?
0: (laughs) Yes. My sister, yeah, you.
1: And people like Chin Chi and you who just tirelessly work behind the scenes in order that women's, you know, Asian women voices can be heard so that we can ultimately connect. I can feel my
0: endorphin going higher. Oh, that's so nice. Thank you so much, Sandra, for your kind words and insights. I love how you show up and appreciate all that you shared with us today. So if you'd like to learn more about Sandra, we'll post some resource links with her bio and be sure to subscribe to Asian Women for Health from Resilience to Radiance on Apple and Google podcasts, SoundCloud and Stitcher, all platform links and earlier episodes are available on our podcast page at the asianwomenforhealth.org website. And remember that there are monthly socials, health webinars, uh, and Lunch and Learn virtual programs. So be sure to visit the asianwomenforhealth.org website. And and make the most. Oh, and Zumba. Yes, and make the most of these opportunities, okay? So until next time, keep shining, stay radiant, and stay connected because the world needs you.